When we put God off, there's a reason why we put him off. We put him off because, you know what? I don't have time for you now, and by the time I have time, I'll be on my deathbed. And it's too late. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways all the way down to small, everyday things. This week I have with me Russell. Hi. Hi. He is the, he helps run our KMEI, our local radio station. Yes, the, the KMEI LP, 97.3 FM, over here at the church in KMEI, Idaho. Yep, and so I'm very excited to hear some of his stories today, but let's start out with a prayer, guys. Dear Lord, uh, please be with us as we come together to share stories about your amazing works. Please just help the listeners to hear about how you're real and how you're good and how you can change and move in people's lives. Amen. Amen. All right, Russell, where are you from? Well, originally, I'm I'm one of the old native Southern Californians. Oh, right. I was born way down in Linwood, a suburb of L.A. Okay. And uh, we moved from there. My dad worked in the missile and uh, aircraft industry. Oh, okay. So he's worked for Boeing, McDonnell Douglas, and so we moved a lot in Southern California. All right. And uh, so we've been out on the desert. We've been in L.A. We've been... In Ventura, we've been in, well, I remember mostly in Santa Maria, okay. California. So I kind of claim Santa Maria as the hometown. All right. And uh, it was a fun place to grow up on. You know, we weren't that far from Pismo Beach mm-hmm. and dad worked at Vandenberg Air Force Base. And uh, we lived in some interesting places too. <laughs> uh, we couldn't buy homes there mm. in the late 50s, early 60s. Um, we had to rent, or in our case, we purchased a mobile home. Ah. <laughs> and there were a whole bunch of other guys who worked at Vandenberg. Uh-huh. And uh, they bought mobile homes too. And so we were in the El Camino Real mobile home park. Oh. And it was great because uh, we got to see a lot of different things as kids. Um, one time we were there in the park and uh, there was a line of kids all the way down the street. And the reason was John Glenn was there after having gone up and made his three orbits around the earth. Oh, wow. I mean, he was the second man in space, uh, Alan Shepard being the first. Yeah. And here we were, we're all of us kids, and this, this good-looking young man is down there, and we're all lined up to get autographs. Oh, wow. And all of the men are down there, and they're drinking iced tea, and they're talking. And Mr. Glenn was just absolutely wonderful to be around and, and to get to, to see and to get the autograph from. That's so cool. Do you still have the autograph? Uh, my mom had it somewhere. Oh. And uh, I don't know what happened to it after oh. that, but we had a great time That's so in that neat. park. Um, growing up there, lived there until we were 10 years old, and then we moved to Eastern Oregon. Okay. Now, almost like culture shock, because we went from, Santa Maria is not really a big city, but it's not a, a, a out in the country either. We went to a farm in Eastern Oregon. Wow. And uh, had a dairy. <laughs> what so, a lifestyle change. Oh, it was great though, oh. because uh, growing up there from the age of 10 until... 17, almost 18, and everything. We had so much fun growing up. Uh, Hauled more hay than I care to think about. Ground (laughs) grain. 
pulled calves. Wow. We did everything. Yeah. And uh, cool. uh, we had quite quite a time doing it too. Had so many fun times on the farm. Yeah. Uh, I know. I loved growing up in the country. We always had yeah. animals and we were probably pretty mean to them because we think we're helping them <laughs> we try to train our chickens to like oh that should be fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'd like put them in between our legs and if they try to run out you're like no <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> what we were trying to train them to do <laughs> yeah stay uh, that doesn't work <laughs> nope <laughs> and you know trying to train all of our animals uh, oh we we had we had a ball with our, our cows and the calves um, we had to haul the hay and we stacked it up. It was just mom and us three boys. Oh, okay. Uh, my older brother's five years older than me. My younger brother is five years younger. And so we had fun. Mm -hmm. Um, older brother and I would haul hay together until he got out of high school and went away for a little bit. Um, he ended up being a hairdresser. Now, oh. if you can imagine 1970, 71, a young man becoming a hairstylist. Well, let's just say he took plenty of guff from some of his friends. <laughs> Probably. But, uh, especially he, his farm friends. Oh, that, that's who everybody was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he did good. He's still doing it. Wow. By the way, yeah, he's, he's been to Vidal Sassoon School in the Bay Area several okay. times and uh, has learned so much. And he's still wow. working at it. He, he has his place down in Meridian. For a long time, he was in Ventura, California okay. after we lost our farm in 73 we moved back to california okay uh, from there lots of things happened i mean i moved across country um, ended up going to college starting out in oklahoma and then ending up in 1980 uh, went to north texas state okay. now it was really good because uh, in 1980 i met tina my wife mm -hmm. and uh, let's see we started I had to ask her out three times. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The first time she was dating somebody else, and it was great and everything, yeah. so she didn't want to talk to me. Second time I asked her out, um, she had just broke up with a guy, and all men were scum, and she didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> and the third time, she tells me that she figured she better accept because I wasn't going to ask a fourth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. Oh, it was great. Oh. And, and uh, so... We started dating the end of May in 1980, and we were married in August Aww. of 1980. So wow. it was real quick. Yeah. We've been together now for 40 years. Wow. So something worked. Uh, something worked. It hasn't <laughs> been easy. It never is. No. But um, we worked together on all of that. Mm -hmm. Now, the funny thing is, is growing up, she was always going to church. And for me, it was kind of like an on again, off again thing. Mm. When I was a kid, I can remember going to the Salvation Army Church okay, uh, quite a bit. Um, but we didn't really have a home church. And then whenever we moved to Eastern Oregon, um, we didn't have a church that we went to. But all of my friends around the area there in Eastern Oregon, we drove five miles into Idaho mm -hmm. to Homedale okay. and went to the Homedale Friends Church. Okay. So all my friends went there. Uh, I wanted to go with them. Yeah. And so we went to the Friends Church. And uh, when I was 15, my grandmother was working at a nursing home in Homedale. Okay. And she met an old gentleman who was there and was talking to her and was talking to her about Sabbath. Mm. 
Mm. And he said, you know, Sunday is not the Sabbath. She said, no, no, you're not right. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm going to prove it to you. Oh. And so she started studying, and that brought the pastor in mm. from the local Homedale Church. From the Friends one? Uh, actually, from the Seventh-day Adventist oh, okay. Church. And uh, so he came in, and his name was Elder Dale Ringering. Now, he was not only the pastor of the Homedale Church, he was also the pastor of Jim State Academy. Oh, okay. And the religion instructor and everything else. I had no idea about all of that. Yeah. But he was there, and he was talking to my mom and to my grandmother and everything else. And, and uh, mom had said, here, this is my middle son, Russell. And uh, he likes to read. And he said, oh, really? And he handed me a book. And uh, I looked at the book, and I picked it up, and I read it. Mm-hmm. It was a great controversy. Oh. He came back the next week and everything else, and uh, I had read the book com- from cover to cover. Wow. That's a thick book, too. <laughs> it's, it, it, well, it was so good because it was a story of the church mm-hmm. and everything that I'd, I'd read growing up. Um, more about that in a moment. But when he came back, I asked him, I said, uh, Elder Ringring, this is a great book. Has she written anything lately? <laughs> and it wasn't until years later that I understood that Ellen White had passed in 1915, and she'd written this book in the 1800s. Wow. And so here I was reading these books and everything. But about growing up, my folks had been visited by coal porters. Oh, okay. I grew up with the Bible stories. Mm-hmm. My dad had also bought a deluxe version of the Conflict of the Ages series. Oh, wow. Now, Mom and Dad got divorced in 67, 68, and so I was 12 years old at that time. And uh, so I didn't get to see the other books, but I can remember reading to my little brother from the Bible stories. Oh. So I've read those things cover to cover I don't know how many times. <laughs> yeah. And so I was already reading about this and everything, even though we weren't churchgoers per se. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot that we worked together and saw all of this, and it really had an impact on my life. It, it made me a lot different than my brothers. Mm. Uh, my older brother was, uh, well, let's say Bill isn't, Bill's a great guy. Mm-hmm. He really is. But Bill's his own gentleman. <laughs> and uh, Bill is for Bill. My younger brother, he's different than me as well. And Terry, oh, he's he's another great guy, but that's a whole nother set of stories. <laughs> but we were all different, and they were a little more aggressive, and I was more of the calm, quiet type. Mm. The ones you got to watch. Yep. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it was a, a challenge being in high school because there were other people who were more aggressive and everything else, but I was quiet. Mm-hmm. And I was always the one that it was funny the girls came to talk to oh. about their problems with the boyfriends. Now, I couldn't get a date to save my life, but... <laughs> but all the girls would come talk to you All the girls it. would come talk to me and tell me all these things and everything else. And it's like, you know, I really don't need to hear all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them, you're like, you could date me and have far less problems. Uh-huh, yeah, it's, it's about the way it was. But, you know, it, it's it's how it was growing up. I know. That's how girls are. They're, I mean, me included. <laughs> oh, I understand. And grow, having grown up now and being an adult for 
well, close to however long, uh, <laughs> not near long enough, uh, I had to learn these things the hard way. Yep. But I, I had so much fun learning about all of this. Well, with Elder Ringering giving me the books, and then I found other books, and I just kept on reading and everything else. It finally led to um, me being baptized when I was 19. Wow. We had lost our farm. We had moved from our little place outside of Homedale to 118 acres outside of Vail, okay. Oregon. Okay. And, uh, oh, I love that place. I, I put up more barbed wire fence by myself than <laughs> I care to think about. I've also had the barbed wire fence explode on me and uh, oh, when you're stretching it and all. And, yeah, I've got the scars to show for it, too. I'm sure. But uh, that's okay. Even still, I was reading, and I was learning more. Being baptized at 19, uh, folks, nobody around to see me baptized or whatnot. Mm. And, uh, but that was okay. God continued to lead in my life all the way through. Ended up moving back with Dad. To Oklahoma City in 1975. And that's why you went to college out there. Yeah. It wasn't just completely random. <laughs> okay. No, no. When, when dad, mom and dad, they, they're Okies. They came from Oklahoma oh, okay. City. And uh, I've got relatives in Texas and Oklahoma and Missouri and scattered around the countryside out there. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to live with him, I'd been back a couple of times for the summer with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, really loved being with him. Uh, he and I are a lot alike in terms of temperament and uh, uh, the way we act and react to everything that goes around. We're very easygoing. And Dad was, uh, was quite a guy to be able to go along with and uh, get to know. And especially at 19, uh, whenever I really needed him, he was always there. Uh, moving along, moved down to Texas, met Tina in 1980. And... Three days after we were married, I went and registered at North Texas State University and went back to college. Oh, wow. And three years later, I graduated with a uh, Bachelor of Business Administration in com Business Computer Information Systems. Wow. And that's where you started with computers. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd been programming. I'd written programs for the university okay. uh, for, for the introduction to, to computers on the College of Business which is different than the College of Sciences, mm -hmm. you know, computer science mm -hmm. side. Um, and so I'd written programs there. I was also uh, a tutor in the computer lab in okay. the College of Business, um, teaching kids how to use COBOL and uh, the mainframe, as well as we had a mini computer lab with some uh, Tandy models up there, which were always breaking down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But they were they they did the did the the class well, and it was fun working with the kids, mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that. So for me, it was just a natural to be in computer science and to do this. Yeah. Um, first job out of college, I worked for a company that made very specialized photo resist spinners for companies like Texas Instruments and IBM that were spinning discs. Mm -hmm for um, your computer chips. Oh, okay. So they would have a wafer on the spinner and it would be held down by, by vacuum and then they would put various substrates on it. 
Oh. And uh, it would spin to spin all of the substrate off and get it even across there. So it was, uh, that was an interesting job uh-huh. doing programming for that company. Um, uh, I took one program from one particular language source and converted it over to Unix. And they had a Unix, uh, ma- uh, Unix computer series. And I wanted that job just because I was getting out of the mainframe world and I was getting more into the mini computers and the, the uh, uh, lap, not laptops, but the desktops okay, yeah. at the time. So I was doing a lot of work in, in Unix back when people didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. That's cool. Oh, it was. It was so much fun. I taught myself C programming. Wow. Uh, well, you taught yourself everything in yeah, those days. Yeah, because nobody much. was there to teach you. Well, and when I went to the bookstore in, in 1983 and I was looking for books on Unix and uh, C language programming, there were two books on the shelf for Unix. There were two books on the shelf for C programming. Everything else was Fortran, COBOL, ADP, mm-hmm. everything except what I really needed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when you found a good book, you grabbed it and you, you read it, and uh, it was fun. That's cool. It was uh, quite a journey, too, through the years. Um, I went from doing C programming on pharmacy systems as well as C programming for, for Headway Research there in Dallas um, to database programming. Wow. And I'd worked in databases whenever I was in college, but the databases, they were, they were a lot of fun. Uh, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. And that's where I really got into doing more in Unix. Uh-huh. Uh, because the company that I was doing the, using for their database was a company called Unify. And we were doing things in C that you couldn't have done anywhere else. Wow. And it was one of the few in Unix at the time. Long and short of it, worked for a lot of different companies, moved all over. Well, after college, there in North Texas for a while, moved up to Kansas for a little bit, uh, moved from Kansas up to Portland, moved from Portland out to New Jersey, lived in Texas again, went up to Seattle, lived in Sacramento, lived in Boise. We went coast to coast. (laughs) You've been everywhere. We got to see a lot. That's really cool, though. It is, it is, it is cool, but it's also bad because you never get a chance to put down roots. Yeah. That's and that's hard. the big thing. I mean, I've got friends all over the country uh-huh. and uh, some people that still keep touch with me and everything. Facebook has been a great godsend yeah. for that because a lot of people that I haven't been able to cut contact one way or the other, I've been able to pull back up with Facebook. Yep. Because people move and change their phone and change their address. Oh yeah. Yep. Lots of fun things going on there. But uh, one of the things I did, too, in college, before I went to North Texas State, was uh, uh, went to Southwestern Adventist College for a year. Oh, okay. And while I was there, um, I took all the, because I'd never been to an Adventist school before, Mm -hmm. I took all the religion courses that I could. I took a semester of Biblical Greek, Uh which I don't recommend for (laughs) anybody who's not just completely crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because uh, it's a five-hour semester class. Oh, my goodness. So it's one hour a day, five days a week. Uh-huh. And uh, we ended up, that first semester, we translated First John from Greek to English. 
Oh, wow. And we built our Luo chart. Luo is Greek for I loose. Oh. And you go from I loose, you loose, they loose to all the way out to the future imperfect aorta. Oh, my goodness. Which adds endings to all of these things and it just makes you crazy. Oh, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, had a lot of fun there. We also did a couple things that we hadn't ever done before at uh, Adventist University. Um, we did a uh, play. Oh. And it was a paraphrasal. It was taken from a book series called The Singer. Mm. And uh, it was a paraphrasal of the life of Christ. And mm. I, I got to play the lead. Oh. And that was fun. So is that Christ that's the lead? Um, well, it was called the singer. Okay. As opposed to Christ. And okay. then you had the world hater. Ah. Uh. And then you had uh, the the singer of, uh, uh, or the seller of charms. Uh. And as Mary Magdalene and other people. Oh, that's so cool. And it was fun. Yeah. It really was. It was adopted by one of the students there from the books. Oh. And uh, uh, we had a good time with that. And then after that, we did your good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> and I played Linus. <laughs> and I had so much fun. Oh. It was great. That's cute. That's but it's a musical. Yeah. Did you sing? Oh, well, not very good, but <laughs> I sang, yes. At least you did it. I yeah. wouldn't have. I'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> no singing <laughs> from me. <laughs> well, after meeting Tina in 80 and then going to North Texas State and graduating in 83 with a degree, um, lived in, in North Texas and uh, moved around, like I said, a lot. Mm -hmm. And in Portland in 1986, our youngest was born, Joel. And Joel was a... Joel, well, Joel's a great young man. Well, not so young anymore. <laughs> I mean, he just turned um, 34. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. So and uh, then my youngest, Duncan, just turned 31, and he was born in 1989. And we were living in Sacramento at the time, but we he was born in Roseville. Okay. Just right up the road from Sacramento, since okay. that's where our, our doctor was from. Uh, had a good time. One of the things I can say about religion with me is while I've been learning, one of the things that has happened is it's been almost like a on again, off again type experience. You know, mm -hmm. there, there've been times whenever I've been in church mm -hmm. and there've been times whenever I've been out of church, but I never stopped. Mm. Yeah. You know, cause it's not about the church always. It's about your relationship with God. It really is. And one of the things that I found after, after being baptized into the Adventist church is that Sabbath was very, very important. Mm -hmm. This is hard as a computer programmer. Yeah. And as a database engineer, um, finding jobs at times was interesting, but I always found them. The Lord always brought me work. Mm -hmm. um, like there's one company I worked for up in Seattle, and uh, they knew that they didn't call me Mm -hmm. An hour before sunset on Friday and until an hour after sunset on Saturday. Mm. And some of the software that we were working on, well, let's just say it was a little bit on the fragile side. Um, <laughs> it was cellular technology software. And we were tracking all the phone calls coming into wow. the MTSOs, the mobile telephone switching offices. And uh, 
putting all that into a database and keeping everything real time so that we knew how many minutes and we could uh, redline, we could turn phones off, we could send the phone. You could dial any number you wanted to, but you would get sent into the office. Wow. Based upon that. And since it was all database and as a database administrator, that's how I got the job there. And there have been many times whenever I would uh, have the job and uh, get a call an hour after sunset on my cell phone. And this is in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I'd work Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, and into Monday to redo the databases. Wow. And get them back up and running. Uh-huh. So there were challenges that we had to go through. So learning how to do that with uh, cellular technology was one of the high points. But I'll tell you, the really high point that I had was right after that, I started consulting. Oh. And I was doing this independently and um, ended up doing about five, six years of work for Hewlett Packard. But before that, I got to spend time down at Skywalker Ranch. Oh, wow. Just across from the Bay Area. So you go across the Bay Bridge and then into Marin County, go to like the third exit, turn left. And you keep going until you see a perfect white fence, picket mm-hmm. fence, and your cell phone doesn't work out there. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was a lot of fun doing work. I, I worked for the THX Sound Group. Oh, wow. And uh, moved some databases for them from one set of systems to another. Wow. And that was so much fun. And I was so impressed. And it's so far out, you can't drive any place to go to eat. Oh, wow. <laughs> they have multiple ref, uh, restaurants there. They had uh, uh, the summer house. They had uh, uh, the big house, which is where you could walk through there. And you could see uh, C-3PO's gloves. You could see the lightsaber behind wow. a case, amongst other things. And then you had the technician's area where they were catered every day. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was quite an experience to be out there and doing the work. Yeah. And getting to do a lot of different things for uh, different companies. Uh, some of the times that I was uh, consulting, I mean, I, I flew out from, um, Portland and flew out to Nashville and did some work there for a small company and installed a deck system, which I'd never seen in my life before, <laughs> but uh. you learn how to fly by the seat of your pants sometimes. <laughs> like I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you do. And that's, that's a lot of it. And the same is true about Christianity. Mm-hmm. Being in and out, there are some things that, you know, it's not like people upset you and just ran you off it seemed like life just got too busy Mm. and so you you just walked away from it Mm -hmm. but we always came back Mm -hmm. and tina whenever i met her she was a pentecostal okay she was going to a pentecostal church and uh, i went to church with her several times and boy did we have fun there because uh, one time i went up front and the pastor came up and prayed over me speaking in tongues which was an interesting experience. Yeah. Um, but uh, we got married in that church. And after that, Tina started asking questions because she knew I was an Adventist. Mm-hmm. Her folks knew I was an Adventist, but uh, and they weren't too terribly happy about it. But she asked questions, and I just started studying with her. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things I've always done is study and learn. And with her, it was easy. And uh, about... Uh, 
Well, 1981, a little short of a year before we were after we were married, um, we were bab- rebaptized together because she had been baptized before, and she wanted to be baptized in the church, and I wanted to be baptized with her. Oh, so that's that cute. was oh, it was great. It was a small little church in Denton, Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, loved it. And the people there were just fantastic. Uh, one thing I found about Adventist churches is that uh, generally. People are good. Mm-hmm. You have a few people who sometimes get kind of nutsy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you find that everywhere. You do. I think so. And for, for us, it's always been keeping our tracks, keeping everything on track. Our kids, they went to Adventist schools up to the eighth grade for my oldest mm-hmm. and the uh, sixth grade for my youngest whenever we pulled them out and we started doing homeschooling. Okay. So we homeschooled both of them through high school. Wow. And... Uh, Then we worked with them. They both ended up going to the Art Institute in uh, Portland. Okay. And uh, Joel graduated with a uh, bachelor's in uh, management. And Duncan, who is the big artist and everything else, graduated with a degree in art. Wow. So um, Duncan can do some fantastic 3D and 2D work. That's cool. With the, the computer. He is a good artist. That's so cool. And Joel... Well, Joel likes to manage and do things, he, you know. <laughs> yeah. He likes to be in charge. Oh, one of the things he had to do when he was in college was to manage a group. Oh, yeah. And it's called Bill's Beard <laughs> was the group they named themselves. Interesting. And they put together their own game. Interesting. Because uh, they both, uh, Joel was wanting to get into game design and uh, management, and Duncan wanted to do game art. Oh. And so they worked together with a team. And it was great to watch them as they grew in that. That's that's so neat. And uh, having them both with us in church was really nice too. Mm-hmm. Seeing them as they grew up, seeing them as they were baptized, and they uh, they asked for baptism instead of having to be studied for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing them as they grew that that's just been a, a pleasure and a joy. Yeah. Um, it's a challenge for all of us. And we've been back steady in the church. Well, we, we had a church in Rio Linda, California, outside of Sacramento that we were really big mm-hmm. into and, and uh, worked hard there and did a lot of preaching there too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just like here, uh, and we loved that little church and uh, moved away from Sacramento following the jobs and the companies. In 2015, we came back and we've, we've never left. We don't plan on it. That's good. One of the things that Tina's always said is uh, don't let anyone steal the blessing God mm-hmm. has for you. That's so good. And so it's been kind of something that she introduced me to was not letting anyone steal God's blessing for you. Mm. And our lives have been centered around a lot of that. And here in Kamii, uh, uh, with our small church, uh, we came up here in 2018 june so we've been here just now two and a half years going on three and we've seen the church grow in that time uh whenever we first came here there were some sabbaths that uh we would be lucky if you had 20 people 25 people here for church Mm -hmm. and half of those well you'd have one family with five kids yep (laughs) and uh yeah so it wouldn't be very many but now it's not unusual for us to have 50 60 people Every Sabbath. Yeah. I know there's some weeks there's 
five of us in our family and some weeks we're like are we all gonna be able to sit together because it's, <laughs> it's so, full yeah it is uh well this last summer it's been really interesting as uh covid has hit we've seen quite even before that we've seen quite an influx of people who are leaving cities mm -hmm. um we had one time this summer where we had 90 95 people in the church. Wow. And it's not a big church. No, it's not. It's not a big <laughs> church by any stretch. It is yeah. very full. You yeah. know, you're packed to the gunnels. <laughs> you are. But yeah. uh, um, the one thing I can really say about these people here too is that they they are studiers. Mm. Um, I've been leading out in the Wednesday evening uh, prayer meeting, mm -hmm. and we've been studying Steps to Christ. Mm -hmm. I found online a uh, good study guide. Mm -hmm. And so we would come in and on Wednesday night, we we'll read a chapter out of the book and then go into the study guide. That's cool. And uh, yeah, it came from a small church over in Hawaii. Oh. The study guide did. That's neat. And uh, so I found it after searching online and yeah, we're on lesson number 15. We're skipping this next week because it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. But after that, we pick it back up, two more lessons, and then we move on to what we're doing next. Oh, neat. So we keep on going, and these people come in, and they ask questions, and they they respond to a lot of questions. And that's how I, I tend to teach more Socratic method. Yeah. Which is ask questions and then let people answer. Yeah. And then from that, build on more questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like my Sabbath school lesson is pretty much marked up <laughs> with uh, notes and everything else. Yeah. And then I use the tools that I have available for me, uh, whether it's eSword or whether it's Bible Tools, which has uh, access to the uh, commentary online, okay. as well as uh, the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge, which mm -hmm. I use. And then I've got Nave's Study Bible, which is, uh, Nave's has a... Uh, uh, Oh, what do you call it? Memory fails. So happens when you get old. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> uh, but the Nave Study Bible has topics, so topical okay. index. Oh, that's neat. And you can use that online as well. But Treasury Scripture Knowledge is fantastic. Yeah. I think you really have to study God's Word for yourself. I think that's really how your relationship... You do. Like, you do. not in prayer, but like... Yeah, prayer is the, probably the next biggest thing in my life besides study. Um, there are times whenever I go out, we've since we've been here, we built a uh, what we call the annex, and it's got a stores area, and then has room for my ham radio station, okay. and then we built a couple more desks, so I've got room to spread out so mm -hmm. I can be outside and study, and that's where a lot of prayer time comes in. That's nice. And you have to spend that time with God so that. Uh, you can listen to him speak to you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do that especially whenever I'm preparing for a sermon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, when, that's when you need it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, going through, and we've been studying Romans now. And yeah. I've got that series. I'm going on to chapter 6 uh, for the next one. December 26th is the next one at time I'm up. Uh, so... We'll see. <laughs> the radio station keeps me busy, too, because there's always editing to be done, yeah. new things to go on there, and I've still got the new systems to work on. Yeah. Um, there you go. That's pretty cool. So you just talked about prayer a little bit, but do you have any, like, stories of, like, a time when you've, like, seen prayer change something in your life? or? Well, I'll tell you, with our lives moving and being around, 
There have been so many times whenever we have prayed and seen the prayers answered. Mm -hmm. When we first moved from Idaho back to Portland in uh, uh, 95, geez, and then we did it again in uh, 2008, um, uh, right when everything was going south in the economy. Yeah. We made the move to Portland and we were looking for a place and, uh, we said, Lord, we can't afford to buy a home here, but we started looking in some of the mobile home parks mm-hmm. and we found one and we found it in a weekend. Wow. I mean, I was staying out there. Um, Tina was going to go back to Nampa and get everything else packed up. And I was out there staying in our RV. It was a pop-up. Mm-hmm. And this was, uh in November, December. Ober. And so, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, but I was in that thing for almost a month. Wow. Until we found, you know, we found the place and we were waiting for the gentleman to get everything moved out uh-huh. so that I could go ahead and, uh, get everything out of the trailer and get it moved in and, uh, pull one of the mattresses off the bed so I'd have something to sleep on. Yeah. And uh, stay in there and uh, have the camp chairs and other <laughs> stuff and a folding table so I'd have place to sit and eat and yeah, all of that. Um, so that was prayed for mm-hmm. and we got that. When we started looking out here, we started looking in the area about five, six years ago and seriously looking, but we couldn't find anything. I mean, I was still working and... Uh, I came down with rheumatoid arthritis when I was 38. Mm. And so I've had it now for 25 years, 26 Mm. years now. And uh, it's really been hard working with that. Um, But God has been good in that respect because I've always found work that I've been able to do and it hasn't stressed me out too terribly much. Yeah. Uh, But we looked out here and we were looking and looking and looking. We looked up around Troy. We looked around... Deary, we looked around Plummer, we looked around Moscow, mm-hmm. we went all the way down toward Riggins looking for wow. places, but we didn't find anything. Mm-hmm. And we saw a lot of different places and we'd come out here and spend a week and spend it in our RV mm-hmm. and uh, look all over. But when we said, okay, Lord, we know the time is getting short. I had finally stopped working and everything else. I took early retirement and was working on getting my disability. Um, Open the way. And uh, we found a place out here. And I said, well, we're not sure. Let's, let's ask the Lord. We took it to the Lord in prayer. And I said, Tina, could you ask your boss if you could work from home? If you were to move out here? Okay, I'll ask. I said, let's pray about it. We prayed about it. And we kept it before the Lord for a while before Tina asked. And she went in and uh, Tina's boss looked at her and said, oh, no problem at all. I need you. Oh, wow. So Tina's been here and she's been here now two and a half years working every day from home. Wow. So God has blessed us in all of those ways. Mm-hmm. And then with our kids, there's always the things that kids do that... You're saying, okay, Lord, I really need prayer for this, and you'd pray about it. Yep. <laughs> Whether it's them when their friends that they were choosing, 
mm-hmm. or some of the things that they were doing. And uh, God answered those prayers. Mm-hmm. He heard our prayers, and our kids have always stayed pretty close to us since then. That's awesome. So it's been it's been a good thing to have God in our prayer life. It is. And to listen and to know that he hears and that as we are praying, we're also receiving back from him mm-hmm. in our study, in our prayers, everything that we're doing and how he's leading us. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how sometimes you like, you pray about something and then a day or so later you're reading the Bible and you're like, oh. There it is, God. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we were in Hillsboro, we did this one little kind of a, I wouldn't call it a play because we, we had our script right in front of us. Oh, okay. But uh, it was a take on Job. Mm-hmm. I played Job. hmm And then my oldest son, he played one of Job's friends. Yeah. Um. With friends like you, I don't need enemies, uh, that type of a story. (laughs) Tina played my wife, Mm -hmm. and it was was a great role. (laughs) It was was a lot of fun doing that because we could really give back to the church something. And one of the things that it really did is it opened up Job for us. Because uh, you read Job and everything else, and sometimes it gets a little hard to read in places because you're just going, okay, who's speaking now? Who's doing what, where, and mm-hmm. everything else? And we studied that backwards and forwards. Wow. And we used the contemporary English version mm-hmm. as, as our main source. But I'd still go back and I'd read the King James, the new King James version, and say, okay, what is Job really trying to say? What are his friends trying to say to to him? Mm -hmm. And uh, we edited portions so it wasn't quite so long in some areas and longer in others. And uh, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. It was. And uh, doing that really helped us to learn more and to continue, get that continuance in prayer. Mm Mm-hmm. And for us, that's really important now. Yeah, that's awesome. Prayer is so important. And not only prayer, but that studying of the Bible, like oh, tearing apart Job backwards and forwards. Oh, you had to because there's yeah. so much in there. Yeah. And uh, with so many personalities involved in it. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Huh. So anything else you want to say about how God's worked in your life or just how you've seen them all throughout your life? Well, the one thing I would say is that there were two, two actually two things. I ran from God until I caught him. Mm. And I ran from God until I found him. Because mm. mm-hmm. whenever I left church, it wasn't like I was leaving church. It was like I was leaving God more. Mm-hmm. Because the, the belief was still there, but the study, the prayer, those things fell by the wayside, even though the basic structure remained. Mm-hmm. The important pieces that really keep me close to God were left by the wayside. Mm. And when I came back, I found that those are the things that just mean more to me now than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, like, walking away from God. That's so cool, though, that you, you chased him 
or ran away from him until you found him. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think sometimes, especially with media nowadays, God can be portrayed in a million different ways. Mm -hmm. And so your picture of God can be shaped by all these outside sources. And so sometimes we're like, I don't, if that's who God is, I don't want that. Or if that's who God is, that's not, I don't need him in my life. A lot of people are like that too. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't want to hear about God. Mm-mm. It's, uh, you know, anybody who can kill a million people, not even think of anything about it. Um, that's no God I want to be involved with. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad because God isn't that way. Mm-mm. If they would take the time and understand why. Mm-hmm. those commands were issued and how us as individuals shape those commands yeah either by listening or by denying and walking away from god mm-hmm. it makes a difference in how he responds to us yeah because he wants us to come to him yeah and he wants it so bad that he runs to meet us mm-hmm that's why that parable of the uh, wayward son yeah. is so important because that's God. We walk away from him. We wallow in sin. Mm-hmm. And then whenever we start back coming home, he's been looking for us and he's been looking for us a long way off. And when he sees any glimpse, any glimmer that we might be there, forget it. He's running toward us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go looking for him. He's already there. Yeah looking for us yeah that's so awesome i just heard something about the same parable i think it was this morning and how god forgave the or his father in god the same to us you know forgave him before he even came back he didn't forgive him because he came back he forgave him before yeah yeah it's the same way with jesus in our lives while we were yet sinners christ died for us Mm -hmm. and that's romans 5 and you think about that statement We didn't have to become righteous to be accepted by God. Fact is, we can't become righteous to be accepted by God. No. While we were still against him, Mm -hmm. he died for us. Yeah. That makes all the difference in the world. When you have somebody who loves you unconditionally, who is wanting to bring you home and take care of you, who wants to make you more than you are today. Mm Mm-hmm. How can you not love a God like that? Yeah, that's so true. That's so good. Yeah, and like you're saying about righteousness, like our best is like filthy rags. We can't, Mm -hmm. we can't amount to it. Yep. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, though our righteousness be as filthy rags, Mm -hmm. red as snow, red as crimson, to be white as snow. Yeah. It's the power of God. Yes. And it's the power to change lives too. And even though we may walk away from him, he's still there. Yeah. He's asking. He's he's standing, uh, standing at that door and just knocking <laughs> and saying, Come home, my friend. Come home. Mm-hmm. I love you and I want to be with you. I don't want to be just your God. I want to be your friend. I want you to know me. Mm-hmm. Like you'll never know anybody else. That's cool. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, uh, especially my generation, it probably speaks to a lot of generations. They want to be known. They want somebody to understand them and understand their life situations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what they're really saying, I mean, like 
what they don't know what they're saying is they want God in their life. You know, they want somebody that knows yeah. their struggles. Yeah, that's that enmity between the seed of the woman and Satan. Mm-hmm. There is that emptiness that they're trying to fill. And whether it's with games, mm-hmm. which my kids had that battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were great gamers and they, they loved it and everything. And you can get so involved in it that you lose sight of everything else. And it takes the place because it fills that emptiness. And uh, you see the same thing with people, people who are so involved with movies and television and books or anything else that can take the place of God. You can even do that with work. Mm -hmm. There have been times whenever I've worked six days a week, 14 to 18 hours a day for months on end. Mm -hmm. And when you're working like that, you don't have time. No. You don't. Yeah, you, you don't even have the energy, let alone the time. No. But it was funny, during all that time too, Sabbath was still there mm. during those long hours. And God was still calling. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give up. No, he doesn't. Yeah. You know, you can't chase him away. You, you, can, you can make him withdraw, but he's still there. Mm-hmm. Just waiting. Yeah. And that's awesome that you had like the blessing of having like a Sabbath that you like, that you knew to honor and to respect because not everybody, you know, honors a day for God, but you had it. So you always had that time that day to spend with him. Yeah. And even, even whenever you didn't do it right. Yes. (laughs) You know, it was still there and you knew it was there and you knew that the call and the, I won't say siren song, but the, the call and the song of God was still calling to you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I keep asking you, but anything more? I don't want to cut. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm All right. fine with that. I appreciate Have fun editing. Sharing. No, I will. <laughs> it's not even too long, so it'll be good. good. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing. I really like some of your points about God calling to us and waiting for us. And, you know, even when life is busy, God, he's waiting for you to come back to him. He is. Well, and, and again, it's not even waiting. He's wanting you to come back and he's not waiting for you to come back. He's setting things in your path so that you will be able to see them. Oh, yeah. So you'll be able to recognize them even when you stumble. Sometimes because you stumble, mm-hmm. he'll, you'll see those things and how he is there. And later on, you go back and you go, you know... I thought that was so stupid at the time, (laughs) but that was God talking to me in a language so that, okay, even someone as dense as I can be (laughs) would understand. Mm -hmm. Yep. But sometimes we don't want to see it. Oh no, no. Especially at that time, because (laughs) you know, it's. You have to wait until later. (laughs) God, I really don't need this right now. I've got so much to do. (laughs) I will, I will address this at a different point in time. That's right. Come back when it's more convenient. Yeah. Which will be never. <laughs> uh-huh. That's exactly truth. I mean, when, when we put God off, there's a reason why we put him off. Mm-hmm. We put him off because, you know what? I don't have time for you now. And by the time I have time, I'll be on my deathbed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's too late. Yeah. We don't want to wait. Nope, we don't. So remember that, guys. Don't wait. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. Everybody have a good week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. 
Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page, that is God is Real, God is Good Podcast, or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good Podcast at gmail.com. Bye!